This is me kind of, I don't remember anything about this. I don't remember that yellow sheet I was on. I don't remember that little blanket I had. None of that. I don't remember any of it. But that was me as a little newborn. Here's me a little bit older looking at the little mobile thing with my mom there. And what's funny about my mom is she is actually the same size as me right there. She's a very short lady. Um, and so me and her kind of checking out the mobile. <laughs> I was very easily entertained as a kid. It's like, ooh, the moon. He. So, a little bit older, okay? Well, not really a little bit older. Probably about the same age. This is me in the tub. Now, this is rated G for gross. Um, that's me getting clean. Uh, I like my alfalfa hair, personally, right there. You know what I just said right there, by the way? I just said, what you talking about? And then I held my face, because I was about to fight somebody. I'm just kidding. I couldn't talk right there. Um, that's my favorite picture of me as a kid. But then this is, uh, this is me with my pops. He was, uh, he was apparently making me laugh hysterically all night one night, and so they took a picture of it, and that's, that's him acting like a goofball um, with me just laughing at him. And uh, he is about my age right there. So uh, it's kind of weird looking at a picture of me with my dad when he was my age. But um, that's me as a baby. So at some point, I was born from this short little lady that you kind of see her hair right there on the right. I came from her in a hospital, and I was covered in that nasty jelly-looking stuff, you know, when you see babies born. What? <laughs> Have you not seen it in movies, the jelly stuff that's all over the babies? So somebody had to, or, or not somebody, my dad actually cut my umbilical cord and all that stuff, and then I sat in the hospital for a while, and then eventually they could take me home, and then I was a part of the Chandler clan or family. And so we hung out every day. They would feed me. They would burp me. They would clean up my pudding diapers. Um, and, and we would hang out, and I got to know them. They got to know me. They loved me um, because back then I was cute before I turned into the mutant that you see before you. Um, so it was good being a baby, apparently. You don't have to do anything, really. I mean, your dad and your mom take care of you. It's lovely. Um, and then your dad can make you laugh, things like that. Um, so... Being a baby, don't really remember a lot of it, but it happens to all of us, right? If you say no, how did you get here? (laughs) You had to have been born. Every one of us were born at some point. And so I'm sure you probably have pictures like this of you and your mom and dad or big brother with you or your grandma or grandpa, and you can see these little pictures of you as this baby, and you're like, I have no recollection of any of that, but I know I was born um, because we all are. And so being born kind of unites all of us. We're all born physically all the time. There's babies born like, I don't even know what the statistic is, but it's something crazy. There's like babies being born all the time. My friend just had twins this past Monday. Um, and the, what? I don't know what you're saying. Shh. Shh. So they just had twins. We got to go see them again. I thought they looked like little aliens, but they were actually cute, little cute aliens. Um, And so we got to hold them, and and it was crazy. But babies are born all the time. You were born. I was born. We were all born at some point. And so this whole idea of being born again should be a little odd to us. It should seem a little, like, weird. Because, number one, we don't remember being born. We know it happened. But then we also know 
you can't be born again. I mean, really, physically. I mean, you can't, like, be born again. And so we're going to jump into that. What does that mean? Where does it come from? Okay? And we're going to look at where it actually comes from in the Bible. Now, if we go to the book of John, which is a gospel. Um, it's actually the last gospel. And it's written by a guy named, anybody want to take a guess? John, yes. So John wrote this book. And he's writing this book about the life of Jesus. Now, this is chapter 3, okay? Chapter 3 is kind of famous because it's got this one verse in verse what? 16, right? John 3.16. We're actually going to read that tonight. And this is the whole story leading up to John 3.16. So it's actually talking about being born again in John 3.16. And we're going to talk about what that actually looks like. So let's start off the story here, okay? There's this guy named Nicodemus. And he is going to Jesus, okay? Jesus is a very cool dude. He was God. He was also man. Son of God is what we like to call him. Um, he is this rabbi teacher. He's going around teaching people. He's going around doing these miracles, making people who couldn't see, making them be able to see, people who couldn't walk, helping them be able to actually be healed and walk. He's doing all of these different things. And so people are taking notice, and they're like, whoa. Jesus is pretty sweet. And so this guy, Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, which is another way of saying he's a religious leader in the Jewish church, he comes up to Jesus, and this is where we pick up the story, okay? Verse 1, it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. So he's coming up to Jesus and kind of acknowledging that, well, number one, you're a rabbi, you're a teacher, you're a spiritual leader. Number two, that God is with you because of the miracles that you're doing. I'm acknowledging that. And this is what Jesus replies with that. So he almost kind of came up and complimented him, sort of, kind of acknowledging that he's a really cool dude. God's doing a lot of stuff through him. And here's what Jesus says. Verse three, Jesus replied, very truly, which is like, really, Super duper true stuff right now, but I'm about to hit you with. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. There's that weird saying, born again. So I would probably respond if Jesus told me that with a what are you talking about? Are you nuts? And so we see Nicodemus' response, and it's pretty similar. And this is what he says. He says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb. Which I would say, yeah, I agree with him. I mean, how how can you be born again, Jesus? What are you talking about? You are crazy. I mean, you can't, like, go back to your mom and be like, hey, can I get back in your tummy? She, she, number one, you're too big. But number two, it's not even physically possible. She would have to try to eat you or something. And that's gross and cannibalistic, and I don't support it. And so that can't happen. Like, you can't go back to your mother's womb. It just, you, that's not how it works. So what does it mean to be born again? And that's kind of what Nicodemus is like. He's like, what are you talking about, dude? You can't go back, like, in your mom's tummy, all right? What... You're loco, dude. You're loco. No idea what you're talking about. So he goes on. 
Jesus answered, very truly, again, very truly. Almost like, dude, listen, you're going to get this, okay? I'm going to tell you the real truth, the real deal. Here it is. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. That kind of makes sense. I mean, one thing gives birth to one thing. It's the same thing. Like, spirit gives birth to spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That makes sense. Um, We'll talk more about that in just a second. Stick with me, though. Verse 7, it says, You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So you shouldn't be freaking out, is what he's saying. You should kind of get what I'm talking about. Um, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So what are those last four words right there? Same with me. Born of the Spirit, right? So apparently Jesus isn't talking about being born like from your mom's tummy again. Which is why he's kind of like, very truly, dude, listen. I'm not talking about going back to your mom's tummy. She doesn't have to eat you. Nothing weird has to happen, okay? As far as that goes. This is different. And so it's not the same as when we got born before. Those pictures you saw of me being a little baby, it's not like that exactly. It's not like coming out with the jelly stuff all over you again. It's not the umbilical cord thing again. It's not that. This is a different birth. Are you with me? Give me a head nod if you're with me. Yes, you get me? You you understand what I'm saying? Okay, cool. Now, the water in this whole thing that he's saying, because he said you have to be born of what? Water and spirit. Okay? Those are the two things Jesus just said you have to be born from. So he didn't say mommy. He said water and spirit. So the water in this represents baptism, okay? And baptism represents repentance, okay? So you have to be born of water, meaning baptism and repentance. You have to be repentant of your sin. Repentant means you're sorry, you're turning away from it, you're done with it. Make sense? The other thing is you need to be born of the Spirit. What's the Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. Anybody want to take a guess of what the Holy Spirit is? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus and God are sort of true, but more specifically, a dove represents the Holy Spirit. What? Yes, the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. So, okay, it's like, okay, cool, great. You need to be repentant. And you need to uh, be baptized, repentant, and, and you need to be born of the Holy Spirit. What? <laughs> like, so how does that work? I mean, how, did, how do you do that? And, th- and that's born again? Like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Does that make sense? Let's talk about this more, okay? Now, here's, here's what I want to ask you. Do you remember how Jesus was born? Can you think back to the Christmas story? Think back. It wasn't that long ago. It was like a month ago, okay? Christmas. The way Jesus was born. We're actually going to look at it, okay? Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bible, I'm not going to put the verses on the screen. I'm actually going to just read it to you. So if you don't have a Bible, just listen to me. If you do, turn to Luke chapter 1. It's the third gospel. All right, now, here's what it says, okay? This is kind of what's gone down up to this point. This lady named Mary, anybody heard of her? Okay, cool. She 
was um, with this guy named Joseph. They're engaged, okay, which is a very happy thing. Jimmy, who leads worship, engaged. Jeremy Whitehead, Caroline, engaged. I don't know anybody else in here that's engaged. But if you are, congratulations. Um, It better not be any of you middle schoolers because we talked about that a few weeks ago. Okay, now, Jesus is about to be talked about by an angel who is coming to Mary, okay? So angel coming to Mary who's engaged to Joseph. With me? Okay, now, this is kind of what the angel says. He says, Mary, listen, I'm going to paraphrase real quick. You're going to get pregnant. And she's like, oh, come again? What? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) No comprendo. She wasn't Spanish, so she didn't say that. But it doesn't make sense to her. And so this angel is kind of telling her, okay, you're going to get pregnant. Um, This is going to be a very special baby. Uh, This is going to be a big deal. Okay? And this is kind of where we pick it up. All right? Uh, Verse 30 of chapter 1 of Luke. It says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Now this is Mary's response. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? Now, that means she hasn't done anything to, to cause her to be pregnant. Ask questions to your parents. Um, and here's, here's what the, the angel says, okay? The angel replied and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So, she's like, how am I going to be pregnant because I'm a virgin? I'm going to leave it at that. She, she's confused. The angel's like, no, 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 okay. I understand you're confused. Here's how you're going to be pregnant. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Then you're going to be pregnant. And this is why he's going to be called the Son of God. And so, Jesus was actually conceived by the Holy Spirit, which to sum it up really easily, is just to say Jesus' dad was God. And we call Jesus the son of who? Son of God, right? So he is Jesus the son. And so when we talk about Jesus, he's the son of God, he's the son in the Trinity. We always talk about him as the son, God is the father. He is conceived by the Holy Spirit, which is God's spirit. And so Joseph isn't the dad. He raises Jesus, but he's not the dad. The Holy Spirit is. And so Jesus was born with a dad who could definitely beat up our dad. You ever have that argument with a kid? My dad could beat up your dad. Well, Jesus' dad could beat up all our dads um, because his dad was, was God. Okay, you with me so far? The Holy Spirit was Jesus' dad. God is Jesus' dad. Here we go. Now, look with me at Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter thrice. That means three. Um, Okay. This is what's going down. John the Baptist, kind of a smelly man who dressed weird, ate locusts, which are like insects, and honey. Honey's not too bad. Um, 
But he was a prophet, the guy that came before Jesus. He's also Jesus' cousin. He's in the Jordan River baptizing people. And baptism, again, represents what? Starts with an R, ends with an intense? Yes, repentance. So baptism represents repentance, which is saying, I'm done with sin, I'm, going, I'm walking away from sin. I'm done with doing stuff that's against God. So he walks up to the Jordan River. John the Baptist is baptizing people in the river. With me? So, here's what it says in verse 21 of chapter 3. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. Can we stop for a second? Why would Jesus be baptized? He was perfect, right? If you don't know that, he was perfect. He never sinned. God was his father. He didn't have a a messed up earthly dad. He had like God. Um, So he never messed up. So does he have anything to repent from? I'll help you out. The answer is no. He has nothing to repent from because he never did anything wrong. So he's not turning away from any sin because he never sinned. So why would he get baptized? We'll get to that. Um, Okay, so he goes and gets baptized. And then while he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven and said this, you are my beloved son. Imagine hearing God say this, like from the clouds parting. You hear God, you are my son. That's probably a terrible, not even close to how it sounded. But, I mean, you hear God, God's voice and he says, you are my beloved son, talking to Jesus. And he says, in you, I am well pleased. So Jesus just got baptized, right? Which he didn't need to really be baptized as far as being repentant. But once he does, who comes upon him? The Holy Spirit, which is whose spirit? God's. So God's spirit comes on him and God actually says something. And so here's kind of what we get from that. Jesus wasn't repenting of anything because he didn't do anything wrong. What he was doing was painting a picture for us like he did in a lot of the Bible. He didn't have to do a lot of the things he did, but he did it for us so that we could see, oh, that's how we're supposed to do it. Because once he came out of that water, guess what he started to do? He started to do his ministry stuff. All that stuff that we read about, the miracles, the him teaching, the fish and the loaves where he multiplied it for all the the thousands of people, um, where he made the wine, where he made the people walk, all that stuff, raised people from the dead. That all started after he got baptized. And so after he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes on him and you hear God's voice. Jesus' ministry was born. After he was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And so we see one, God is Jesus' dad. He was born of the Spirit, which is what he talked about a minute ago, right? And then second, in a couple chapters later, he's born of what? The water, right? So those two things he just said, to be born again is to be born of the water and the Spirit. That's what he's talking about. The stuff he's already done. That's what you have to do, what he's already done. And so that helps us understand it a little bit better. And so this birth Jesus is talking about is the first spiritual act, okay? This is kind of what this means. It's the first spiritual act of Jesus making us like him. And we do that by accepting him, like understanding, okay, you're Jesus, you're perfect, you're the son of God, 
And then later on we read about him actually dying for us. Because he was perfect and we had to have somebody perfect die for us. Because we're not perfect. I think we would all say, yes, Brad, you're correct. Not perfect. I can tell you five things I did today that weren't perfect. I could probably tell you 15 that I did today that weren't perfect. Later. So, that's what this being born again is. It's the first spiritual step of Jesus making you more like him. Once you start to, once you actually accept him. So, let's keep reading in the story, okay? John chapter 3. Verse 10. And you can read along with me now because it's back on the screens. You are Israel's teacher. He's talking to Nicodemus again, okay? This is Jesus talking. You are Israel's teacher. And Jesus uh, said, Jesus, and do not understand these things. You don't get what I'm saying. You don't get the whole being born again thing. Very truly. Again, he says very truly. I tell you, we speak of what we know. And we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. Now who's the R that he's talking about? He's, keeps, he's saying R, which is not just him. It's other people. Who's he talking about? Who? Him and God. Him and God? Trinity. Good. Trinity. Spirit. Holy Spirit, God, Jesus. Okay, nice. Any other guesses? The disciples. the disciples. Nice, good. All those guesses right there are possibilities. I can't tell you definitely which one it is. It could be all of it, but it's, he's speaking on behalf of not just him, but other people, whether it's disciples that are hanging out with him or, or God the Father and the Holy Spirit. But he says, we've been testifying about this stuff. We've been telling you about who I am, talking about Jesus, who Jesus is, that I wasn't born normally like the rest of you. I was born perfect. I'm the son of God. I'm a big deal. And he's been telling people this. And the disciples have been telling people this, but they're not getting it. It's not sinking in. And so, verse 12, he says, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So if he talks about this whole being born again, how are you this, all the stuff that happens in heaven, how are they going to get that if they don't even get that he's Jesus? Like the Savior, the Son of God, the perfect one that died for us. Verse 13, it says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. Who is that? Who came from heaven? Jesus. Bingo. So he's talking about himself. Nobody understands heaven except me because I'm the only one who's been there. Right? Makes sense. Have any of you been to heaven? No, you haven't. No, you haven't. I haven't either. So Jesus is the only one who's been there, so he's the only one who gets it. And so that's what he's saying right there. Then it says... um, Verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Um, Now, I have to actually kind of study this a little bit to kind of get this. But this is a reference to him actually getting raised up on the cross. Anybody know that story from Easter? Jesus being put up on the cross. That's what he's talking about there. He has to be lifted up on this cross and actually has to die for people to get this. And he knows that. And he's already telling you in chapter... Uh, three of John. He dies later on and a few chapters later. And so verse 15, it says that everyone who believes, he's getting lifted up and he's dying so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, in him being Jesus. They get eternal life because he gets killed. 
because he was born of spirit and of water. He was perfect. He was God's son. So, let's keep reading. Verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world. Everybody know this one, okay? So, for God so loved the world. If you know it, say it. Uh Uh-oh. Come back. Come back to me, friend. No! No! There it is. Okay. Here we go. Verse 16, let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, that's the verse that we see on posters. At football games, that's the verse that we see written on cheeks. At, uh, on cheerleaders at football games, that's the uh, verse we see kind of on T-shirts everywhere. It's, it's a, like the most popular verse ever. And it's popular for a reason. It's a big deal. <laughs> because just after he explained what being born again is, and that he's going to die... And then he's doing that so people can have eternal life. He says this, God loved the world so much. The world would be all of us, like we're in the world. He's talking about us. Um, he loved all of us so much that he gave his one and only son, talking about himself, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Again, he tells us we have eternal life when we accept him and we come to know who he is. And you start to understand, dude, this is the son of God. This is like Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, verse 17. It says this, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So he didn't come to like send all of us to hell or anything like that. Which some people will actually kind of say that. That's not what happened at all. He came because he loved us. Not because he wanted us to go burn and, and fiery stuff and hurt and things like that. So he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You ever heard Jesus is the Savior? Yeah? Okay. So he's saving us. He's coming to save us. And you could say, well, what is he saving us from? (laughs) Nice. That's true. Sin. And sin leads to what? Starts with a D, ends with an S. Death. Death. So he's saving us from death. He's saving us from sin which leads to death. Yes, absolutely. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So if we don't know Jesus, we don't believe he is who he said he was. We reject him. He's not condemning us, but we're condemning ourselves. We're actually condemning ourselves to sin and death. We're saying, you know what? I don't want life. I don't want to be born again. I don't want to be saved. I'm just going to go ahead and die. Not because God wants that, but because we're choosing that. And so this stuff is really popular because it's a big deal. Jesus is saving us from death, from sin, and giving us eternal life. Let's finish this puppy off, okay? Verse 19 says, this is the verdict, okay? After all I said, all that stuff right there, okay? Here's the verdict, okay? Light, he's trying to just to break it down real simple, okay? He starts to go into light and darkness. We've talked about that a little bit in here. We see it in the Bible a lot. It says, light has come into the world, okay? But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Guess who the light is? God, who is in a human form, who? Jesus. So Jesus has come into the world. 
But people are living in darkness. They're doing evil stuff. Verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And so some of the stuff we get from that is this, okay? When we're born again, which is what we just talked about, being born of the Spirit, being, accepting who Christ is. When we're born again, we've accepted Jesus. We understand who he is. We understand that we need him. We're coming into the light or the truth. Truth, light, they, you can kind of interchange those. Um, Jesus, Jesus is the source of all truth. Um, and filled by the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you get born again, when you get saved. Anybody here heard the whole, I got saved? Anybody heard that? Yeah, okay, you can put your hands down. When you got saved or born again, the Holy Spirit literally came inside of you right there. Unbelievable, crazy, but that's what happened. And so when that happened, you are now in the light. Your whole life was in darkness before because you didn't know the truth, you didn't know who Jesus was. Once you figure out who Jesus is and that you need him, it's like a big light bulb comes off. It's like, boing, I understand. I need someone to save me. And you get that that person is Jesus. And now your, light, your, your, your life is in the light and you see that. You're like, oh my goodness. Kind of like when a baby is born in the womb the whole time, they're in what? Darkness. They can't see anything. It's dark. Nobody can see the baby. It, it's, it's pretty much like the baby's not there, except for the big tummy. But once they're born, they come out into the what? The light. So this whole idea of being born again really kind of works with the whole idea of being born for real. When you get who Jesus is, you finally realize, I need a Savior. I realize that I am going to die, and I need Him I'm going to die because I've I've fallen, I've messed up, I've done bad stuff. I need somebody who's perfect to save me from that. Once you get that, you're like, oh my goodness. And you almost see the stuff that you've done. And you realize, dude, I'm, I'm not perfect at all. Like, I've definitely messed up. And you're now in the light. You can see it. And it makes it a whole lot easier to, to, to see the darkness, because you were in it and you didn't really see the light, but now that you're in the light, you see the darkness. You're like, oh my goodness. I don't want to go back to that. I want to repent from that. I want to walk away from that stuff. And so at the end, he tells us, once you get born again, once you accept me, you see the light. You're in the light now. You're a part of, of me. You're a part of my family. And so that's what happens when you accept Christ. In case you were ever curious about that, you ever wondered what happens, is some mysterious, miraculous thing where the Holy Spirit literally comes inside of you and is now filling you, and you are now living in the light. So if you have done that at some point, you've accepted Christ at some point, which, by the way, there was about 12 of you that did that last week, which was really cool. Um, you can clap for that. That's cool. Um, So once you do that, you are literally a child of light now. You ever heard that? You're a a light child. So, what else do we get from that? When we come into this light, okay, 
We've been born again. We come into this light. We've now been born again. We are now knowing who Jesus is. We are now walking in that knowledge. We, we are turning away from the evil, the darkness, all that stuff. We're done with that. We're walking in the light. We're, we're all about who Jesus is. When we're being born into that, we're being born into God's family. And we actually live our life for our Father now. We, like, we live it in front of Him. Kind of like when we were physically born, we live it in front of our parents. We're trying to make, you know, dad and mom proud, and we're trying to, you know, do the right thing and, like, make them happy and things like that. When we're born into God's family, we're living our life now in front of Him. We get to enjoy Him. We get to know Him. We get to be in the same family as Jesus. Have y'all ever thought of it like that? Like when you accept Christ, you are now in God's family. Like you are family. And that's like a tight deal. Like that's close. That's, that's not you're just an acquaintance. You're like, you're like just a Facebook friend. Like we don't really talk physically. I'll send you a message here and there. No, it's like you hang out. Like you're together. Like if somebody messes with you, I got your back. Like I'm coming to take some kneecaps out with a lead pipe. I'm just kidding. But you're family now with God. And so you're born into this. When you, when you accept Christ, when you're born again, you're born into God's family. So you have a physical family, right? You're born into that. But when you're spiritually reborn, you're born into God's family. And that one lasts forever. That one doesn't just end here. That one goes on forever. Which is why Jesus kept saying eternal life earlier. So I want to go back to this picture of me and my dad. And here's why. Because this is a really cool picture of kind of how it is with us and God. He's sitting above us. He's bigger than us. He's way more powerful than us. We're just his little kids. And he loves us to death. He loves us more than we'll ever even understand because we're just so small and we just can't get how much he loves us. But he loves us so much. And if we really got who he was, we really looked at him and we really like became part of his family and like were with him, we would just be so happy. Because we're not worried about death anymore. We're not worried about evil. We're not worried about darkness. We're not worried about pleasing anybody. We're not worried about being cool and popular over anything else. We're not worried about anything other than the fact that our Father in heaven is here with us and we get to know Him. And so we're just happy. Like, we don't even care. It's God. It's like, (laughs) this is awesome. And our dad is just loving it. He's like, yes, my kid is here with me. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is amazing. I love it. And so, have you ever pictured God like this, like your dad? And I know some of you in here don't have a dad, or at least you don't know who your dad is, or your dad's not in the picture, or your dad maybe isn't a great influence. And so this might be a little bit harder for you to get, but here's the thing. All of us, at the end of the day, 
have a father that loves us like crazy. And he's wanting us to get born back into the family because this, this, this stinking thing called sin has messed us up and turned us into what we weren't supposed to be. Turned us into to, to people who are disconnected from God. He's like, if you'll just... If you'll just grab a hold of the lifeline I sent out, I sent my son out there to save you guys, to bring you back to the family, to get you back into the fold, to get you back hanging out with us again. Just get him, accept him, walk with him. And you get born right back into the family. And we get to enjoy him like this. We get to know him like while we're on earth here, we get to enjoy him like this. But then once even, I'm assuming even cooler, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot cooler than this. When, When we're done here, we get to be in heaven forever. And it's that. It's just us and the Father and and we get to be with God forever. And I don't even know what that's like, but the Bible kind of describes it a little bit and it's going to be amazing. Like we can't even comprehend it while we're here because it's so messed up here. But there, it's not. And we get to be a part of that. And it all starts with this whole idea of being born again. We're all born physically, but sin has caused us to be separated from him. We've got to get who Jesus is, and he's the Savior. He's the one who brings us back into the family. He conquers this whole thing of sin. He brings us back into the light. We just got to... We gotta get that. We gotta accept it. And then start to follow him. And he welcomes us back into the family. He's like, come on back, son. Come on back, daughter. And we get to enjoy that. Our dad just laughing with us, loving us, hanging out with us. My last question is this. Have you done that? Have you accepted Jesus at some point? And here's the thing. You only have to do it once. So if you've done that before, maybe it's here. Maybe it was at a camp. Maybe it was just in your bedroom, just you and God talking. Maybe it was with your parents. You only have to do that once. But it does take a first step. And that first realization of, boing, light bulb goes off. I need a savior. I'm not perfect. I need help. Because I want to know God. I want to be back in the family. Because once we get who Jesus is, once we accept him, once we start to, to, to walk with him, we are, we're right back there. And it's a process. It's not like, you know, you accept Christ and automatically you're this great, perfect Christian person. You, everybody looks at you and they're like, oh, it's Jesus. It's not like that. I wish it was, but it's not. It's a process. You're going to like have some struggles to be more like Jesus, and it's going to be a process, and eventually you're going to look more and more like Jesus. But this first step is just accepting that you need him and that you need to start to follow him. And then you're, God's just right there welcoming you back into the family because you just got born again.